those 20 minutes during the day on the treadmill would give me enough power mentally to fight all the negativity during the day. There were days I would just cry endlessly for no reason. There were days that I would not sleep all night. There were days when I would wake up in the morning, but still lay in the bed all day sulking. And I had no control over any of these things. Basically, when you're depressed, you are your own enemy. You are self-destructive. Cause yourself physical as well as emotional harm. There's a negative voice in your head that pushes you away from whatever positive thoughts you are having for yourself. And trust me, that voice is powerful. Hi, I'm Jagrati. Welcome to You Are Human, a podcast attempting to decode human potential and possibilities by bringing you real stories, real heroes. This is episode 12. I was recently asked by someone, do you think depression is real? I said to him, yes, it is. And so is the power of will. My today's guest proves this statement correct. Purva Narang, a newly married Indian girl, moved to Oman with dreams in her eyes. Coming from a teaching background, she was confident of getting a job here. Two years of constant trying and struggle, ready to even opt for different career paths. All of it didn't get Purva a job. Rather, made her stay in bed for longer hours, have frequent headaches, made her find comfort in food which led to her putting on 17 kgs. Not only that, she began to shut and close herself along with even question her own worth. Fast forward to today, Purva is a certified fitness and rehab trainer and ultra marathoner who has successfully completed 110 kilometers and is preparing for the 160 kilometer distance. Whew. She's not just making people fitter physically, but is also inspiring many with her journey. In this episode, she opens up about her being diagnosed with depression and her living and dealing with depression even today. I begin our conversation by asking her as to when did she discover that she was suffering from depression. She says, If I have to pinpoint, yes, when I first went and checked in with the doctor and when he first told me or diagnosed me that I am depressed, probably that's when it hit me in the head. But being honest, I had symptoms probably a bit before I moved to Oman. My husband was promised a visa and a job. And that's when I put down my papers while I was working in as assistant professor back in India. Mm. It just took much longer than expected for us to move to Oman. And I guess that's the time when I had already started seeing those symptoms. Uh, my husband moved to Oman. I was trying hard to look for a job before I come here so that I already have something. I was promised a job that was kind of pretty optimistic. That was something that, I mean, cheered me up and I was looking forward to when I moved here. But once I moved here, for certain reasons, that opportunity did not materialize. I was still not uh, discouraged considering I'm from a teaching background. From finance field, I was hopeful that there will be some kind of an opportunity and 
there's no harm trying. Hmm. So I did apply for n number of colleges in Oman. Uh, people staying in Oman would understand that how important it is to actually get a driving license once you move here. But I, I prioritize getting a job here over getting a driving license. I would take random taxis. I have driven with random taxi guys to the outskirts of Oman, to the outskirts of Muscat to be specific, and have given mm -hmm. interviews, I think, in every possible college. I was some places I was told that I'm overqualified. Some places I was told that they'll probably get back to me, but nothing materialized. Every time there was a rejection, it was affecting me in some way or the other, because uh, I think I was pretty confident when it came to my qualifications with my years of experience, with the skill that I had as a teacher, I could not really come to terms with the fact that as to why all of the colleges are saying no. I was basically not ready to accept the fact, if I have to put it straightforward. And while all this was going on, of course, I started finding comfort in food. Hmm. I think a lot of us do that. Whenever something is not going right, we find comfort in food. And that also led to a lot of weight gain. And if I have to put it in figures, I put on good 17 kgs, which was an add-on to my mental stress. I wasn't feeling good about myself. But those were not the things that I was focused on. My focus was, what can I do to make it worthwhile? What can I do to make the most of the time that I have now in the hand? You might be shocked or surprised to hear while I come from a banking and a teaching background, I was at some point of time, I was at that level where I was ready to take up a job of pushing carts in Sultan Center. I was ready to work as a masseuse here. I had also worked in cosmetology. I was ready to work and also invest in a part-time business. I just wanted to make the most of the time that I had in hand. That's it. I was not hell-bound that I had to be a teacher. Mm. I wanted to be productive. Every day when I got up, I wanted something to look forward to. And that is what was missing from my life at least from the day that I put down my papers and more so when I moved to Oman. Also, you have to understand, it's not just the job perspective or me trying to earn a living. No, probably my husband was working. I didn't really need it. It was also the self-worth that is attached to the whole feeling. Me getting up and doing what? Because I had invested my time, my parents' money in, a, in an education. I don't come from a background where it was easy for my parents to probably help me get an education and reach me, make me, help me get at a level where I was. And I didn't want to let it go in vain. That was one of the factors. When I moved to Oman, of course, considering the fact that I come from a joint family, have been surrounded by people. And if I have to put an exact number, around 32 people in the same house. Wow. So I have grown with people around me all my life like there's no such thing as giving your space you would come and sit and intrude into everybody's space possible so i come from such a background and luckily i was married into such a household which was also a joint family right moving to oman the first house that we stayed was in a very remote location if i have to be specific just behind sultan center and we were the only married couple everybody else was a bachelor so it meant that every day, everybody has gone for work and I by myself is alone. 
I had not a single human to talk to. Uh, we moved here in, in the month of June. I would still, after my husband would go for work around 11 o'clock in June, step out of the house with goggles, wrap myself in a scarf and go out and explore because I just wanted not to sit in the house and not do anything. Okay. So I was trying, I was just trying and seeing and trying hard to make something work. And these mm. are just few of my attempts. But considering the fact that none of this was working, there were days I would just cry endlessly for no reason. My husband would definitely try and attempt to help me out, but I did not know how to express and what to express. Like, mm. honestly, I had no clue. There were days that I would not sleep all night. There were days when I would wake up in the morning, but still lay in the bed all day sulking. And I had no control over any of these things. Like, I did not want to feel that way, but I did not know what to do to not feel that way. Which mm. is why I was probably trying my hands into any and every opportunity that was coming my way. But nothing was actually helping me uh, probably get the peace or the, the, the self-worth that I was looking forward to. Nothing mm. was working. All of these also led to a lot of severe headaches that I would have on and off. Usually if you have a headache, you're like, it's okay, it'll be fine. But when the frequency went up and the intensity went up, I, I my husband suggested we see a doctor. Because also mm. there were times, this is a bit personal, I have actually never shared it with anyone because everybody has a different perception about it. And considering the fact that both of us agree how people perceive depression. Basically, when you're depressed, you are your own enemy. You are self-destructive. Cause yourself physical as well as emotional harm. Luckily, I did not reach to a level where I would cause physical harm. But uh, let me tell you, we should not be undermining or uh, we shouldn't be uh, taking the emotional harm factor lightly in any manner. You have no idea what people are capable of when they just want to harm themselves emotionally. You you basically are your own enemy. You will plan and want to do something. The next moment you're stubborn. You just don't want to do it. And you have no control over that. There's a negative voice in your head that pushes you away from whatever positive thoughts you are having for yourself. And it becomes difficult. And trust me, that voice is powerful you have to consistently fight it and i think it requires a lot of effort and probably constant effort to get over it so since i could share all this with my husband and the fact that my headaches were going i mean in, the intensity was going to was increasing we decided to see a doctor and i think that was a good thing mm. i am not sure I didn't really know that when I go to the doctor, what is he going to tell me? Because I honestly, I did not even know that something like depression existed. I had no clue that this is all a part of depression. But what helped was going to him and hearing it out from him. The moment he said, I mean, after I, we discussed all this, he just said, you have depression. Why it helped me is, so it's like, for example, if I'm not feeling well, and if I'm going mm. to 10 doctors and nobody is able to diagnose, that troubles you more. Right. The fact that you know the doctor says it's typhoid or it's pneumonia. Now you know that there's something wrong. You want to make it better. The same mm. thing happened with me. I realized I do have something which is probably not right. Because before that, I probably thought that that's how my life is going to be. Or this is how the life is of women 
or of people here in Oman. So it's okay because I hadn't met another female. I mean, my husband's friends or the people from the apartment would catch up. We would talk, but I was not able to share any of these things because I knew that none of them would be able to relate to any of these things. So I thought probably that's how I'm supposed to feel. But my doctor told me that I have depression. That's when it hit me that, okay, there mm -hmm. is something wrong with me. When I say wrong with me, at least I was able to address a certain issue. That, okay, there is something which is not right. And I can do something to come out of it. Right. And probably that's when I would say that I want to know that I have depression. Right. Right. So as a starter, yes, it was a great thing. And I applauded that uh, your husband and you actually took that decision to go to and seek medical help, which a lot of people don't have the courage. First of all, even acknowledging that there's something wrong, you know, doesn't exist around us. Of course, there are a lot of talks that are more open these days and everybody does want to you know ride on the train of uh, you know we are the warriors for depression and everything sorry to say that but yes everybody says that but how many of us are actually willing to accept our partners or our siblings actually dealing with it how many of us are actually listening to people around us so you know kudos to both of you more power to both of you you know that you all address to it of course, the doctor must have recommended certain things for you all to do, for you to do specifically. But because you emphasized on what a go-getter you are. In the, the summers of Muscat, you started getting out and, you know, finding answers for yourself, doing something. How did you personally take charge of coping up with depression? Because, you know, considering your personality, you are someone, you know, I will do it. That's what, you know, you, you, you put out. Uh, to people, at, at least to me, this is what comes across. So how did you cope up with it? You know, personally, you said, okay, you know what, this is the problem. This is how I'm going to deal with it. So uh, the first step I would say is hearing it out from somebody. And of course the doctor, that mm. was a turning point, I would say, because now I knew that I have to work towards something. My aim was to put any and every effort to not feel the way I was feeling. And I was very open to try everything. I think the first thing was that I accepted that I am depressed because I think before that I didn't even know. And when the doctor said, I was like, okay, I am depressed. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the case with everybody. Some people might shy away, but I was not embarrassed that I was, I'm, I'm diagnosed as somebody who is depressed. I think I was happy with the fact that now I know that this is something which uh, which is not supposed to happen and probably there is a way out which is why the doctor is saying that you have depression so what can i do to not have depression or what can i do to not feel the way i have been feeling all along so right. i consciously started putting an effort there was no denial no. from your side about no. it no not at all and like i said uh, hearing it out from the doctor was a very positive thing for me honestly if i have to tell you i laughed in my head that what i have depression because uh, like i said i i was new to depression myself all these symptoms i didn't know are of depression because mm. i hadn't known anybody personally and back in india people don't take depression seriously i don't i mean of course i'm saying back in india because i stayed in india i don't know right. how exactly it is perceived in other parts of the world so once i got to know that i have depression my efforts were consciously in the direction as to how can I make myself feel better. I wouldn't say it was easy 
every day is different. Some days were better than the other. Some days it would work, some days it wouldn't. Most important thing and minor changes that I could do were bring a bit more structure to my day. I right. wouldn't unnecessarily stay in the bed because I knew that somehow uh, there's a part of me that still wants to do it because then I'll get into that sulking mode. And, and trust me, that feeling is addictive. You start enjoying mm. pain and you don't want to get out of it. You want to experience that pleasure on and off. I know that if I stay longer in bed, I'll sulk and I will not, I'll hate myself. But I also enjoyed that pain that I would derive out of, out of the whole situation. And it's not like it's, it exists 24 hours. It's just for some part of the day. The moment you're feeling better, you are in the guilt mode. So half the day you're sulking, half the day you're guilty, half the day you're doing things, not listening to the positive thoughts and falling for the negative voices. It's a vicious cycle. Right. So that's why I'm saying it was not the same every day. Some days I would plan that, okay, I'm going for a trek today. I would go, it would make me feel better. Some days I would plan that I would go for a trek, but I would get up and I would be stubborn with myself. I'm not going for the trek. I, I wouldn't have any control over the thought. Hmm. Like I said, it's a powerful thought. At that moment, like I said, you are your own enemy. My, my husband would try to tell me that you have filled water in the bag. You've kept your clothes ready. Your shoes are ready. You have kept snacks ready. All you need to do is just wear clothes. We'll go for a short trek and come back. Let's not go for the longer one that we planned. You don't want to listen to anyone at that point of time. Nobody makes sense. Even your own thoughts don't make sense. It's only that negative depression voice is what engulfs you at that point of time. So it was different every day. And like I said, I had tried a lot of things, tried being a masseuse, tried working into cosmetology, but the fact that I would sometimes go to the gym as part of an activity, spend 15 on the treadmill, another day go 20 minutes, that was something that started changing the game for me. Now that was the feeling that was probably counteracting my depression thoughts. Those 20 minutes during the day on the treadmill would give me enough power mentally to fight all the negativity during the day. And because that feeling became so addictive, those 20 minutes turned to 30 to 50. And I guess in a few months, I had started running 10 kilometers on the treadmill. Wow. And it was, I was just chasing that feeling. My weight loss, of course, was part and parcel of this, but I would go back to the gym again and again, just because of the feeling that I would derive after those 20 minutes or 30 minutes. That's it. Right. And I would say fitness, of course, yes. Lifting weights was another, another, I would say, milestone. It built my confidence manifold. So both running and my strength training probably built, helped me build a lot of mental strength that probably had started to not fade, but shake because of all these. The fact that I was doubting myself, my own capabilities my confidence was going down because of all those situations these were the two important things that kind of helped me start building back everything that i was going through and which is why i kept back going back again and again to it of course there were many other things i would i the, the fact that i was feeling better i could probably clear my mind and do things better i started cooking better and of course yes Going outdoors was another thing that helped me tremendously. It was probably 
I don't know if there's a medication for depression. Uh, luckily, the doctor did not prescribe me any medicine. He said, go back and make yourself busy into something. I was new to Oman. I, the two years when people would actually explore the city, I was busy looking for a job. So I hadn't explored the city at all. So hiking and trekking, spending time in the mountains, on the trails, in the nature, by the beach, in the desert, that acted like medication, if I have to say again. Th that, those were things that energized me. Those were things that brought clarity in my mind. Those were things that probably made me feel me again. That, okay, I am back. And probably because my mind was a bit clearer, I started thinking in the right direction. So the fact that I would go back to the gym, people had started noticing because I was so consistent. People had started noticing with the intensity with which I would do a workout or the, 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 I mean, the time duration in which I had lost weight. So mm. they started approaching me. And depression does one more thing. It distances you with family and friends. You close yourself completely. You purposely isolate yourself because you find it difficult to trust anyone you find mm. it difficult to talk to anyone about it you you're not sure if the other person will relate because most of the times what we hear is that it just exists in your head mm. but people don't understand that yes it exists in my head and that is why it makes it more challenging if it was something which was right in front of me i would probably slice it kick it or throw it out of my house but it's in my head that is what Correct. is the problem. So all you hear is it's in your head or it doesn't even really exist. You're just making it up, uh, cheer up. Uh, people have bigger problems in life. Uh, you're whining over something as small as this. So this is all what you hear when you probably try talking to somebody. And when you hear such things, you, you, you start moving inwards. You, you become mm. close. You don't, you stop opening up to people. Mm. So, the fact that people had started noticing and approaching me for these things, I started talking to people after a really long time. Like I think for two years, all my interactions were very superficial. Like it was just my husband, some of the apartment friends, that's it, nobody else. And I, again, I reiterate, I think 27 years of my life surrounded with people all my life and this Absolutely. was few years where I had not a single person to talk to forget about confide in so it plays a toll on your mind I mean uh, I think considering the fact that I'm here I value human interaction even more because I know I have missed it for for the longest period so when people when women would approach that's when I started building new relationships probably some deeper connections and that helped and what added self-worth was that somehow a lot of them started telling me how I was inspiring them. And mm. that's when I was like, okay, I'm finally doing something that probably somebody else is benefiting from, even if it is as little as just me coming and doing my workout, inspiring somebody else. Right. And I think I enjoyed that feeling. So I continued, I would help people. I would go back home and read more so that I can answer them with a lot more authenticity. That helped, that helped, that, st that was a starting point for me to start coping up with depression, if I have to put it in words. Right. You know, Purva, as they say that everything happens for a reason. You've heard this, you know, everybody says this all the time. Uh, and sometimes yeah. when you're going through a downhill, 
we feel, oh God, why me? You know, where is this going to lead me? But after uh, we have crossed that bridge, you know, and we've reached somewhere else on the other side uh, of the road, wherever uh, that journey is, is, is uh, bound to bring us to, you know, wherever we are, then we realize, hey, you know what? That was meant to be. The reason why it happened is to bring me where I am today. So today you are a certified uh, fitness trainer. You are an ultra marathon runner. While you were um, playing the professor in India, did you ever think that you're going to be a certified trainer or you'll be running 100 plus kilometers ever? Were you an athletic child? Were you someone who would dream of, you know, running a marathon? Were you? Never in my wildest dreams, seriously. (laughs) That is something I have to admit for sure, yes. Uh, While, yes, I would agree and yes, I truly believe in that whatever happens, happens for good. But I would also interrupt and say that it might not turn out the same way for everyone. I think I, I was lucky enough. Also, we have to understand that everybody has a different environment. Not everybody has the same type of opportunities, uh, the kind of support system that you have. All those things make a huge difference as to how one person will react or deal with this situation. Also, the fact that I was constantly digging deep to find that one strength that I can hold on to. I I tried different things. I I probably enjoyed makeup for a while. So I tried my hands on as a makeup artist. I enjoyed business so i tried for some time to be a part of the business i was trying i also so another important thing i was open so the fact that i was so desperately wanting to come out of it my husband always wanted a dog i have never had a dog in my life i was open to the idea just because i was like okay probably this might work if this is not working let's try this so the constant battle that I wanted to win. I did not want to let that negative voice win is what also worked in my favor. So yes, things turned out well. I really am happy for the fact that the teaching job did not work out. It gave me time. It gave me, uh, it created situations for me to explore other options and it led me to my passion and which turned out into a work opportunity, which was never which was something i never imagined of agreed but different people have different scenarios so i wouldn't generalize because we have to understand that the level and intensity of with which somebody is undergoing depression is very different like i want to say it again i'm blessed that i did not undergo any i did not do any physical harm to myself but the emotional harm that I was doing to myself was, was enough. I think that itself was, I mean, tearing me apart. I mean, I think about what the kind of thoughts that you have, because there's no control. Your mind goes in all sorts of direction and you cannot stop anywhere. Like I said, I would struggle some days to just not go for a trek, though I had put in so much effort and thought process planning it. There were runs that I had trained for thoroughly for like months. I would wake up on the race day when I know that I had targeted a time 
trained for months and today is the day and when i say that i have literally pinned the bib on my race t-shirt a night before my race pack bag is ready my gear is ready all i have to do my watch is charged all i have to do is and i have also worked on the nutrition like for the last two weeks i had been eating properly preparing for the race so the amount of detailing and thought process going into it but on the race day i wake up and i'm like no i'm not going for the run for no particular reason now this is beyond control so i just i mean i am really really blessed the way they have turned out for me and i wish that anybody who's going through this phase holds on to some kind of strength deep within them does not give up so that things can turn out positive and in a good manner for them as well right right so i mean there are still times when it does come back and hit you because you know as you mentioned that you have a run to go for and you're all set and there's something that happens it's like a switch going off and you don't yes. know you have you have no control over it yes i would admit that it does happen time and again even now the fact that i've accepted it the mm. fact that i while i was working in the process at least in my case i know what works for me i know i'm just one workout or one run away to get out of it i know that i can go and hug my female dog casey or caesar and it will instantly uplift my mood so i know that these things work for me so i am able to point out things or probably i know that this is what i do and i'm out of it so i would say that yes it comes back but personally i have been able to conclude that these things will help me get out of it yeah and now i'm at a level where i am able to fight it if i have to say that i have finally find a way to fight my inner demon i call it a demon because it talks you it uh, manipulates you and it uh, kind of like i said the pleasure from the pain so it also tricks you into doing things that you don't want to and you're not able to fight it because it's a part of you so luckily i have been able to now list down like on my fingertips i know like my husband would see me some days he'd be like are you okay he would because you have a vibe we all have a vibe and we all have a kind of energy so he would know that something is not right today he'd be like do you want to come for a run because he knows that that's it a run and i'll be myself later or even on days when he's lazy do you want me to put in a workout with you will it make you feel any better and i'm like yes let's do it so i found a way to battle it 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 comes back i think it'll keep coming back but uh, that's a part of me uh, i have to accept it but i also know that i cannot let it win over me right right absolutely you know you you've talked so much about your um, of course your joint family that you've grown up with at least 30 people around but you've talked so much about your husband you know and even about the fact that you found uh, your comfort zone because when we are going through something it's we who find a person or an activity a job or a career whatever it would be that that holds us you know that gives us the power it could be anything anything so you found running and fitness 
I think that is your comfort place. You know, that's the thing that actually heals you, right. that brings you back. It, it helps you bounce back again. Along with that, as you've mentioned so many times about your husband, so of course, the support of family and friends or a spouse plays an important role. So do you think that it makes it easy to deal with the entire situation? Because you even mentioned that for each person, the circumstances are different. For you, circumstances were different. How important has the role of your partner and your family and friends played in your journey to deal with depression? If I have to share the credit, I think I can only share it specifically with my husband and probably my dogs. I'm, uh, I'll be honest here, I cannot put a lot of credit back to my family, but I don't blame them for that because it's, it's a common norm. People do not understand depression. Like I said, the reactions were similar. Uh, you have too much time on your hand. That's why these, kind of, these thoughts are coming to your head. Why don't you have a baby that would uh, probably keep you guys busy and you won't be thinking all these things. So these were the reactions that I got from them. So I, I did not open up to them. I do not open up to them even today when I have these thoughts. And I know that for a fact that they don't think that I am depressed anymore, mm -hmm. except that my husband knows that and he recognizes that. And it makes a huge difference as to what kind of partner or spouse or kind of support system you have. My husband has been very open about it as in he never judged me that something is wrong with her. Hmm. Of course, I would say that uh, your husband or anybody, any other person cannot necessarily directly help you because this is something which is very deep rooted. You can help yourself. You can harm yourself. You right. have to accept it. Uh, and then you have to find a way for yourself. It will take time. It will take a lot of effort, but you have to find a way for yourself. Nobody else can do it. Uh, I mean, no matter how many videos you watch on positive talks, motivation, inspiration, nothing works. You okay. are your biggest enemy. You, you have to fight this battle against yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. But the fact that the person whom, with whom you're living, it could be your sister, your brother, your boyfriend, your parents, your husband. The fact that my husband gave me ample amount of space. Hmm. He was not judging me. He knew something is not right. I had, I had tried, but there was no way that I was able to express or tell him or point out what was wrong because I had no idea what was going on. And probably he thought it's okay. It's all right to give her time. And the fact that we thought that we could see a doctor was also because I had frequent headaches and he knew that this is not me. Like I, I mean, I've been kind of an active person in general. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep for long hours. He knows that I'm a mo morning person. I would wake up early, even on weekends. And the fact that I was lying in bed till 11, he knew things were not right, but he was not pushy. He was not, he did not want me to snap out of it because mm. He also knew that at some level I was trying and I was not able to snap out of it because if there was a way I would trust me, right. anybody who's feeling depressed, if there is a way they would snap out of it, none of us want to stay there. It's not the most enjoyable place that you want to be. So giving space, not judging. And uh, just for the fact that, yes, I am around. Tell me if you need me. That's, that's enough. You don't necessarily 
have to share because you are not at a level or at a point or in a frame of mind where you yourself can figure out because honestly i'm sure there are a lot of people around us going through similar thought process not knowing that it's depression like Absolutely. i said the fact that the doctor said that you have depression was very helpful to me it was it worked wonders the fact that i knew that okay this is what this is it i was able to target it that okay now i have to do something and i have to find a way to deal with it so having a good support system is a massive massive blessing and also i i mean of course i i was not happy at first but then i think by far the most amazing decision in my life is to have a dog i was not open to the idea of living with a dog at home and now i have two mm-hmm. but i think they are the i mean they are the it is one of the best decision in life that i've made uh especially my female casey she's the one who came first and i think we have a bond i, I mean caesar is more of a son to me but casey is more of a best friend even today she just comes and sits by me she knows that something is not right and all she has to do is just come close to me she'll just probably look at me stare right inside me and it's like she can see through me and that's it and she lets me hug her because she knows that probably that makes me feel better my male not so much he's a guy so he doesn't want me to hug him probably guys are like that but my female knows that probably that heals me in some manner so yes uh my pets have a huge impact on my m- mental state considering the fact that the person that people know me they they keep asking how i'm so motivated all the time how i'm so disciplined all the time how i am able to put in a workout despite everything and i keep telling them the credit goes to my dogs mm-hmm. they are the one who keep me very motivated they are the one who have a huge positive impact in my life and i think there's no other way that i would want to have it i mean i think i love that they are with me i think i love the fact that i am with them i would say that a good support system definite and dogs probably <laughs> <laughs> that is why i'll I'll, I'll i'll probably i mean reemphasize dogs probably <laughs> <laughs> there we go Purva has not just opened up about her very personal and emotional journey but has also given out the secret to a healthy state of mind have dogs <laughs> i will definitely have my mother listen to this episode <laughs> i also believe that we all in our own capacities have our individual superpowers in case of purva I personally feel that her superpower is the fact that she doesn't give up. That's what holds her strong and makes her a true inspiration. Purva's superpower has made her change her own narrative. Thank you for listening to You Are Human. If you liked today's episode then please share it and if there is a subscribe or a follow option on the platform you're using to listen to this podcast then please do that too see you in the next episode until then remember our time is limited let's make the most of it